So, Matt, I, I'm curious. Like, what, what got you all into cigars? So, I was Chief Warrant Officer Navarrete when I was in the Marine Corps. Okay. So, uh, I was like 18, 19 years old. So, his, his pitch to us, listen, you come back from this mission, you come safe and sound, no mishaps, everybody can have a cigar. So, it was a celebratory type Celebratory, thing. correct. Now, did you, were you like most of us, first time you... You pulled on it. Did you Did you pull too hard? Of course, because I'm from Chicago. You know, puff, 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 puff give, right? Now. No. I completely <laughs> inhaled it, man. Uh, I always say uh, when every when anybody smokes a cigar for the very first time, you can tell where they grew up or how they grew up yeah. based on he drawing the cigar for the first time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, he, um, he uh, gave us a cigar. Like, we didn't know the brand. And so uh, when he got backstage, I got the Marine Corps, went back stateside and went to the cigar lounge and looked at the cigars that he was getting us. And I found out they're all Padrones. I like Padrons. him already. That's, hey, right up his alley. I love Padrones. Right? Padrones. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, he was giving us the 25 in Chicago. It's 25, 26 dollars a stick. Yeah, You're like he wasn't skipping on us. And so there was a cigar event because a lot of cigar lounges have events. And the Padron brothers came up to do the event. I bought a box. Adam signed, autographed the box. Wow. And I mailed it back to him to uh, Afghanistan. Wow. Yeah. He said, like, oh, he, he sent me a message. I've never got a present like this. It's so freaking awesome. And. uh he got out, and that's when he smoked. So he like, like, what do you call that? Seasoned it or marinated yeah, yeah, yeah. it for like four or five years before he actually yeah. smoked it. Chris right here with Royal Realty Group, brokered by EXP Realty. Buying and selling a home can be a stressful process, but we are here to help you throughout the way. Feel free to reach out to us on all social media platforms at Royal Realty Group TX. Now enjoy the show with Cuff and Mo. What about you? How'd you get involved in cigars? Um, I, I, I don't want to say the word like fell into it, but uh, I did see it as a form of like celebration. Uh, I think the first cigar I smoked was between my senior year of high school and going to college. And I think I looked at it from a standpoint of like, okay, you, you know, you quote unquote accomplish something and like you're about to start the next chapter of your life. And I saw something about celebratory cigars and that's what led me to my first one. Bro, I... What? Senior year in high school? Between my senior year in high school and my <laughs> freshman year of college. Like Man, that's that, in, that summer. That's impressive. That summer. I mean, it wasn't like I was smoking them every day. Like, no, I'm like, just saying, like, even the, uh, like, that would have been what? Like, 03, 04? 02. Yeah. Man, I think my first cigar, not counting Black and Miles, you know, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd smoked Black and Mile. Like, no, you don't discriminate. Like they were, yeah, like they so were going sweets. out of, uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Well, the the sweet didn't it didn't have the tobacco in it back then at least you know but God I think my first cigar would have been probably ten years ago ish okay and it was happenstance like okay you know I me mean, I'm not I, I will try anything for the first time like I've got no qualms about it and um and then I think over time our time had elapsed and then I was like you know what. Because my wife was like, you know, c- cigars are sophisticated. 
You know what I mean? And I, and I just I always remember her saying that, and I was like, well, I want to be sophisticated. So I I started with a uh, Drew Estate Java uh, coffee, or I guess it was called latte. Yeah. Flat. Uh, it's, a good, it's a good lady cigar. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a box press. <laughs> like, you know, that was my first cigar. And, and uh, been rocking ever since, you know. So I'm 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 super excited. Glad to have you. Uh, Glad to be here. Yeah, and and you know we get the chance to smoke together too. So that's oh, really dope. It's the best. I mean, it's the first podcast I've done a lot of interviews. First time I've done an interview with a cigar. Hey, well, shout out to yeah. Ivan for getting this thing set up, man. Yeah. Yeah, we talked via social media, and I asked him when I talked to him on the phone. I was like, "Does Matt smoke?" He was like, "Yeah." Okay. I was like, "We're gonna make this happen. Let's go." <laughs> so, welcome back to the Vision Lab Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Cuffey, alongside my co-host, Mr. Ryan Mosley. Yo, we got a jam-packed show for you guys today. So, visionaries, make sure you like, you tune in, you subscribe, all that stuff, share it. Uh, Mo, what we got going today? Cuff, today's guest is a native of Chicago, Illinois. He is a veteran of the U.S. Marine Corps. Thank you for your Get service, some, baby. sir. Yeah. Absolutely. No, yes, thank uh, you, sir. He is the author of this book that we are going to discuss today, uh, Faith-Based Millionaire, or sorry, Faith-Made Millionaire, excuse me. Um, he is the face of the Seven Figure Squad on all platforms you've seen on Instagram, TikTok, a whole bunch of different things. We're going to talk about it. Please welcome Matt Sapala to the Vision Lab Podcast. Hey, great to be here, man. What up? Yeah. Thank you, sir. Appreciate what up? it. Good morning. Hey, again, thank you to to Ivan. You got a good one. Keep him yeah. around. Uh, Ivan has uh, been For very sure. instrumental in making sure that this happens, and uh, we're definitely looking forward to it. So, you and I, have, you know, chopping it up before we kind of hit the record button, right? And we're gonna go a lot of different directions, but you. You spoke. You, you sparked my interest in regards to like your thought process on entrepreneurism and you mm -hmm. know being financially free and all that good stuff. Why the term on the book "Faith Made Millionaire"? Like it's got to start somewhere. Yeah. And obviously, faith is, is front and center. So why? Why? It's a reflection of my process getting to becoming a first generation cash flow millionaire. You know, there's net worth millionaires, there's paper millionaires, there's lucky millionaires, there's CEO millionaires, there's uh, athlete millionaires. But I'm a I'm a kid from Chicago, immigrant parents from the Philippines. And if I'm asking myself how I got here and I'm, and I'm documenting and putting it in a book, you know, you've heard of the term self-made. Mm -hmm. I'm a self-made man, I'm self-made. It's all about self, me, 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 I get it. And kudos, you know, give them their flowers. Then you've heard the better guys that say, you know what? I'm not here because my team helped me get here. So I'm a team-made millionaire. Mm. And so, right? So that's the next level of, of, of person that gives those flowers, not to himself, but to their those team. Those around him. Those around him. And then for me, I look back on it and say, you know what? I don't deserve to be here. I, I don't know how I got here, but the good man upstairs must have something in, in his in his uh, in his cards for me to to live a life of of purpose, of fulfillment, of happiness and joy, and and uh, all the credit goes to him. Amen. And, and I I say you know I'm made by faith because there's times where I couldn't pay the bills. There's times where I was a single father of three kids. There's times there were um, in the dead winter of Chicago. It's negative twenty degrees outside, and we're walking to the train station. And my kids are like I'm cold. I'm hungry. And I'm like I'm broke. Mm, how do wow. I how do I feed you? And it is only through faith that that credit card went through <laughs> at Jimmy John's twelve bucks. And it's only through faith that I said, you know, let me pick up this phone instead of being bitter. Let me get better. It's only through faith I said, you know what? And I know there's purpose. There's, you know, in, in Proverbs says, you know, lean not on your own understanding. Trust him in all your ways, and he will make your path straight. And so it's through that faith that I found a deeper connection through why I'm here to begin with. You know, they say the two greatest days of a man's life is the day he was born. The second day is reason why he was born when yeah. he finds out. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you said uh, Jimmy John's, and so instantly to me, Jimmy John's hadn't been around that long, right? So that tells me that you were going through this, 
with your three kids not a long time ago. You know, as a father, we're all fathers. Um, what is that like? And it, you should be able to tap back into that experience because it, it mm-hmm. should be relatively fresh, right? Yeah. Like, talk to us about, talk to our visionaries about what that's like to to be on that end of the stick where you can't provide or you're, you're you know, for your kids the way that you want to. Or you, you're praying to God that this yeah. credit card goes through <laughs> just for $12.90. Yeah, yeah. Can you kind of talk about that? Yeah, um, the introduction in my book, here's how it starts. You know, in one year, I got married, had a kid, got divorced, filed bankruptcy, all in one year. Woo. Most Ooh. people do that in five years. Most people do that in 10, 15, 20 years. It's I decided, you know, yeah, just, 12 months. It's just a fast track program. Like, yes. <laughs> Success, low speed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's accelerated version. Just knock it out. Wow. Right? Married, had, had a kid, kid divorced, divorced, bankruptcy. bankruptcy. Yep. Only yeah. thing you could have done is, is quit a job. It's, it's it. So, and, and I was still in the Marine Corps. my last year wow. in the Marines. And, there and, it is. Um, and, you know, in the Marines, if you have financial difficulties, that's a write-up because it takes away from the morale of leading your men. Mm. So I had a – matter of fact, you know, this is – we just had uh, Thanksgiving weekend, and uh, my first check from my master sergeant about money was over Thanksgiving weekend because we just came back from the deployment. And, uh, and they were like, all right, Marines uh, – Thanksgiving's coming up. Who needs help financially? Who needs turkey? Who needs ham? Who needs whatever? Mm-hmm. I said, I need help, man. I just got married. I got, I got a kid. All right. So, Paul, we're going to help you out. Boom. Come to my house in base housing, Marine Corps Air Station El Toro in, in, in Southern California. And he drops off a box of food. He says, Marine, when you're done, put this in your refrigerator. When you're done, come outside and meet me in, in your driveway. All right, Master Sergeant. I go outside. He says, hey, so, Paula, what's this? And he points to my car. It's a brand new Chrysler Cirrus. Before it was a 300, it was a Cirrus, C-I-R-R-U-S, Cirrus. It was, it was a bad car, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm like, it's a, brand, it's, it's a new car. Well, how the hell do you have a brand new car and you're asking for help with food? Mm. Where's your damn priorities? Mm. Yes, sir. I'm like, well, doesn't every Marine come back from deployment by, by a car? <laughs> so because of lack of financial literacy, financial education, and I just kind of did what everybody else did. Real quick, how old are you at this point? I'm 21. Okay. 21. So, uh, uh, 20, I just turned 22. It was, uh, so I'm, I'm an October baby. So it's Thanksgiving. So, but, but, so I was 22 a month, a month after my 22nd birthday. Mm. And so I said, you know, master Sergeant, who can help me with my finances, man? Because every time I pay, you know, I pay my credit cards, I've got like five bucks left. You know, the term paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like paycheck to 10 minutes. Oh, Woo. so I had more, mo- I had more month than money. <laughs> and so, <laughs> And so that innovation uh, got me to, okay, so how do I make extra cash? I learned how to cut hair, you know, Marine Corps style, you know, flat tops, high, you know, high phase, medium phase, yeah. and all that stuff. And then I said, you know, let me get a job. Let me work at that G Flu, you know, out, out the back of the back gate of the base. And let me work at the G Flu because my neighbor is a assistant manager. And so I made some extra cash while I was, while I was, while I was stateside before I got deployed again. But, uh, you know, that was my dilemma. So, but, but now let's fast forward. Married, divorce, married kid, divorce. Bankruptcy. Bankruptcy. Uh-huh. You got, you know, a couple dollars to your name and, and your your kids like, hey, I'm cold yeah. in Chicago. Yep. Like what is that feeling? What is that what does that feel like as a man, as a father? Oh, I mean it like makes you feel so weak, man. It's like you're you're supposed to be a provider, protector. Yeah. yeah. And uh I'm barely making it. So when the when I was praying that that credit card went through, because I just got the sandwich and the chips, I said, Jimmy, just give me a cup of water. I couldn't even get the whole full full yeah, meal yeah, yeah. deal, right? Couldn't get the soda, whatever. So give me a cup of water. 
oh, thank goodness the, card, the credit card went through. I remember sitting down with the Jimmy John sandwich, my three kids staring at me, warming up. I take one bite of the sandwich, split that thing like communion bread. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Said, here's yours, here's yours. I'm going to go hungry, but you guys are going to eat. I just had one bite. I had one bite all day. And I'm like, this is the last time this is going to happen, man. Wow. Most humiliating feeling for a man for be a, to be a provider. At that time, to be a veteran, to be a United States Marine, humiliating feeling. What the hell are you doing with your life? Get your shit together. How old were you about this time? Yeah, I was 20, and now I got, I think I was 24. Yeah, I was 24. 24, okay. 25. So we were talking, right? And, you know, we're, we're, you and I agree on you know, financial freedom, banking. We'll talk about all this stuff, right? Can you please tell the visionaries what you told me in regards to, hey, how quickly can I get paid? Somebody said, hey, you want to make money? Like, can you tell that story, please? Yeah, so, so how I got recruited into the financial services industry was a retired master sergeant. Uh, he bumps in, you know, I, actually, I bump into him. Okay, real funny story, though. Where did I bump into him? I bumped into him in a bathroom of a Best Buy. Oh, okay. wow. So now, Jens, let me ask you a question. If you're in a bathroom with some strange dude, are you striking up a conversation? No. No. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Unanimously. You learned that in kindergarten, right? <laughs> <laughs> that and don't look down. <laughs> <laughs> or look across yeah. and down. <laughs> and so he strikes up a conversation. He's like, hey, excuse me, are you a Marine? I'm like, yep. He says, yeah, I can tell by the way you walk. I'm like, oh, no, it's not, this is not good, man. He's mm. not, now, now he's checking me out. <laughs> and so, and so, no, no, don't get me wrong. So he holds up his planner. This is a Franklin Covey planner. Were y'all out of the urinal by this point? I was out of the okay, I, was, cool. I was finally walking out. I was there with my, 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 my boys. He says, no, don't get me wrong. I'm a retired master sergeant. He shows his flank and Covey plan with the Marine Corps logo on it. Eagle, globe, and anchor. That's our, that's our, that's our emblem. He says, uh, I'm a retired master sergeant, so let me ask you a question. So uh, you gonna, you gonna, uh, what are you going to do with your career? Are you going to stay in? I'm like, yeah, man. I'm going to be a lifer. Now, the backstory is... The unit told me I could not re-enlist because I'm a single dad. Because wow. I was a part of a deployable unit. It was the 15th Marine Expeditionary Unit, Special Ops Unit. And they needed, if we needed to go, they can't worry about my child care. You go, you go. We can't have Marines waiting around. Well, I can't go because I need child care. No, you need to find somewhere with, your, with a responsibility for your kids. Right. And the only person that was I could think about responsibility for my kids was my ex. I just spent five grand getting divorced. Mm-hmm. Which is to me at the time was a whole it was a whole lot of money, whole life savings, because I'm making twenty thousand dollars a year as a sergeant in the Marines, and so anyway, make a long story short, he asked me a question. Said, "Hey, listen, man, I don't know where you want to do with your career, but uh, do you like money?" I'm like, "Yeah." So like a lot of money, I'm like absolutely. So if you like a lot of money, you must know the rules, then, right? What's you talk about? You know the rules about winning the money game. I said, "Well, I got a job in the Marine Corps." He said, "No, anybody can get a job." Do you know how to make money work for you? Do you know how to create money outside of clocking in and clocking out? I said, I don't. So you really don't like money. You should study it. But if I help you out, gives me a business card. If I help you out, I get you a foot in the door. Would you take it seriously? I said, absolutely. Now, for 90 days, I kept that business card in my pocket because every day I had that business card in my uniform breast pocket, I talked myself out of it. I'm like, ah, I don't have a college degree. I don't have a sales background. I don't know anything about insurance. I don't know anything about stock market. I don't think anything about mutual funds. I don't know nothing about it. I just filed bankruptcy two years ago. And he's like, ah. anyway, I get a call in the base. Hey, Sapala, you got a call. From who? I don't know. I pick up the phone. Sergeant Sapala speaking. How am I going to help you, sir or ma'am? Hey, is this the Marine I met in the bathroom of a Best Buy? Oh, wow. I'm like, I'm like, right away, I'm like, thank God you called me. 
because I didn't have the courage to call him. Wow. And uh, power of follow-up, right? And he yeah. didn't realize. He just recruited himself a beast. Mm. To make a long story short, you know, I know we're going to know each other, but uh, make a long story short, uh, I've built an 80, $82 million company. And too bad, by the way, too bad this guy quit, though. But he, he, kicked, he kicked the door open for me to get in. And with that, I took it, and, like, I ran with it and changed my life. Okay, so I normally ask this question a little bit further into the show, but you just, you know, kind of gave us the fast track of it, right? But you go from bankruptcy to uh, building an $82 million company, right? But at what point along the journey will you realize, like, oh, Matt, this is going to work? Like, like from what you mm -hmm. just came from, mm -hmm. like, when do you realize, like, okay, I'm really on to something? My first commission check. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, first commission check. I'm going to wow you with it, right? My first commission check from insurance was 450 bucks. <laughs> I'm, like, hey, I'm like, I'm on to something, baby. Because <laughs> here's why. My, my checks in Marine Corps was 850 900 bucks every two weeks. And with one sale. I made half my paycheck. And, and yeah, one deal. And I said, man, if I spend more time with this thing, I can double, I can meet my full-time income on a part-time basis. Let me see if I can really do this on a full-time basis. Now, what I, what I did lack early in my sales career was consistency. So I make a lot of money, celebrate too long, <laughs> Get fat crash happy. next month, right? Because you think that's coming in, you know, month in, month out. But, uh, by, you know, I figured this stuff out. It took me four or five years to get the, get the right rhythm. Why? Because I wasn't smart enough to have a mentor. And we're talking about 04, 03, 04. There was no YouTube. There was no Vision Lab podcast. Hey. There ain't no podcast. Yeah. Right? There's no YouTube university. The information is not as freely accessible as it is now. Correct. And so I applaud what you guys are doing because you're making this conversation accessible to a multicultural demographic that deserves this conversation because it's definitely not being taught in schools. I'm curious if we can go back to the bathroom <laughs> okay. of, of Best Buy. And you guys have come out at this point. He shows you his, his flag. Um, what, what do you think he saw in you that made him even bring up, hey, how much do you know about you know financial literacy? I think he saw in me what I see right now when I'm recruiting. When I'm, when I'm seeing a young 20-year-old that uh, is struggling, he's uh, got desire, he's got commitment, he's got work ethic, he wants to be somebody, you know, uh, is willing to go against the grain, uh, is willing to uh, uh, do what it takes to provide for his family, I think that's what he saw, you know. Because, um, you know, in, in the Marine Corps, you know, there's, it's, it's the hardest boot camp of all the, all the branches of service. And when you're part of a deployable unit, you're part of the 15 Marine Expeditionary Unit, you kind of separate yourself from the – from everybody else, you know, so I was, uh, I think he knew that and him knowing other Marines, uh, hey, if I can, if I can teach this guy skill, because when I'm recruiting, when I'm, when I'm attracting people to our, our company, the same way he attracted me to, to his firm is the first thing on the checklist is, does this guy have character? Does, when, when, when uh, it's time to show up, does he show up? Uh, uh, when he says something, does he follow through with his word? Um, does he, does he honor his commitments? Uh, is he somebody that we can trust? Is he somebody he can, we can depend on? You know, there's 13 Marine Corps leadership traits. So, so here's how Marine thinks. Does this guy embody the 13 leadership traits, not just by speaking it, but actually living it? You know, and so um, I think he saw that. And uh, when I showed up, I mean, I didn't have a suit. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd you know, dirty elbows. Somewhere, though. <laughs> dirty elbows, but, you know, I just had maybe at best some khakis, 
you know, a, 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 a golf shirt, polo, right? And that's, that's all I had. And, and as soon as I saw the world outside the Marine Corps, because think in Orange County, we're, we're flying, we're doing our mission, our train missions are there. It's the Marine Corps playground, Camp Pendleton, Marine Corps Air Station, El Toro and Tustin. It's the Marine Corps playground. It's, that's basically our, our, where we hone our skills to deploy. And um, we're flying all over rich neighborhoods. We're flying over Dana Point. We're flying over Newport Beach. We're flying. to see it. Oh, yeah. I'm like, what are, these, what are these guys doing? Right. I mean, if you fly over Orange County, if you, and the next time you fly into Orange County Airport, look down to see how many homes have a pool in the back. All of them. Exactly. Like, what is going on here? Like, I, I need to figure out this money game. There was a mall there um, in, in, in uh, what is it? Uh, anyway, it's off of Harbor. Can't remember the mall, Costa Mesa. And that's the first time I saw a mall with valet service. Wow. <laughs> wow. Like I say, I'm used to the ghetto malls, but I saw a mall where they valet your car. I'm like, this is, I never saw a mall like this. People are here are rich. So you just said a buzzword for me in particular, uh, and it will hinge on on the gentleman that, that you met, the money game. He asked you if you knew about money, right? And then you just mentioned the word, or you mentioned the phrase money game. What is the money game? Money game is, you know, assets, liabilities, income expenses, it's compound interest, it's it's risk management, it's debt management, it's cash flow. To me, the most important thing in money game is cash flow. Because if you don't have any chips to play, you ain't playing the game. Oh. Right? I don't, and, I don't, and a lot of people I wanna I wanna tap into this, right? Because <clears throat> a lot of people make money. And 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 shout out to my father in law. He he taught me this years ago. It's not what you make. It's what you do with what you make. Yeah. You know, and I think with the with the the growth of social media, with the growth of with the growth of video, people understand that I got to do something with this money. Yeah. Right? Now, we may not know which vehicle to to put our money in to invest in, etc., whether it's real estate, crypto, um, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, land, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you get this bug that's kind of planted, right? Uh-huh. And and you get exposed. And, and Mo will tell you, I'm I'm all about the three E's, you know, environment, experience, and exposure. Um, but you 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 get exposed to this, and then you start to execute. But how do we know what what the right vehicle is? For us, how do we know where do we put our chips? How do you find your niche? That's what that's what you're asking. Yeah, I I think uh, for me, I wish I could say there was a strategy for me to find that niche. I just fell into it, Uh and so I can't say that I initially really loved insurance. To me, it was a job. Like, you know, uh, 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 before we hit record, um, I was talking about okay, now I got my insurance license, but I also was intrigued about real estate mortgages. So outside the base. Uh, was the insurance office. Also, to the left of the base was Ocean West Funding, which is a mortgage operation. Okay. And so I asked the mortgage guy, I said, listen, if I, if I sell something today, okay, I'm, I'm, out of a, I'm out of a military paycheck for the first time in eight years you know, where I got paid every first and 15th of every month, no matter what, no matter how hard I worked or how little I worked, I get the same paycheck on the first and 15th. I'm, that's about to be cut off because I'm getting out. So if I sell a mortgage today, uh, when will you pay me? He says, well, if you have a client today, documentation in today, clear to close in 30, 45 days, and then we'll fund it, right? I said, oh, okay. But today, though, 
And like, I don't have a prospect. I don't have, I have zero in my pipeline. I went to the insurance guy. I said, if I, if I sell a policy today, when will you pay me? Well, if they're approved, then they'll get paid next week. I'm like, okay. Easy money. Right? So I'm like, and then I'm thinking to myself, well, there's more people I can talk to to sell insurance to versus me trying to go get a refi. But I know one guy, he's got a $90,000 condo. Let me see if I can get him a refi in his condo with me. And uh, like four days later, he says, okay, I'll refinance with you. It's your first deal. I need to drop my interest rate anyway and save money on cash flow. I'll re- About what time? What, what, circa what year? 99. 99. So it was a high, you know, bull market. Okay. Everything was going great. Yeah. Everything was going great. And so on the flip side, everything on the insurance side, and, and, and I got Series 6 and Series 6, 63 license too as well. Good for on, you. To, on top of life and health. And, um, and uh, everything in mutual funds was going great too. I had Janus Growth Fund, Van Camp Emerging Growth, Algor Aggressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still remember these mutual funds. And I just closed my eyes like this. It's like a mutual fund doubt board. Psh, okay, 50% return. Psh, same 5%. Right, hundred percent. We're like, oh, I'm, I'm good at this stuff, man. That's the that's the that's the bull market. Sometimes when the economy is going great, you think you're going great, and you're really not doing a lot of work. And then and then uh, anyway, back back to the story of of the of insurance and mortgage. By the time I closed my first commission sale in mortgage, I had sold like 10, 12 insurance policies. Writings on the wall. Writings on the wall, and it was more consistent because what I found out with the mortgage commission is, I make a lot of money. And I just have to pay back my expenses for the last 30, 45 days from, from holding my breath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with where you. the insurance, boom, week, week, week. As long as I had a deal, they're, you know, they're, they're underwritten and approved, I got a commission check in insurance. So to answer your question, the best investment that I found was investing in me. Yes. The skill set. Yes, sir. Finding that skill set. So if the, the foundation is character. The next one is hard skills. So, so I want to, I want to, a lot of shows, a lot of people will, 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 will hear the audio, um, they'll see the message, character, right? That's one thing. And I think we all like comprehend and we get that. But when you're, when you're down and out, you don't have a lot and your character is truly, truly tried. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I got to sell this policy uh-huh. or, 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 you know, we yeah. don't eat. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, how, how, and this is the definition of character and it's, in it's truest sense. Like how are you, uh, navigating those waters? So the character set in making a sale, especially in hundred percent commission sales, yeah. where you're just starting your first business. Yeah. So, so I got to sell the, I got to make this policy. I got to yeah. sell this, right? Yeah. First question that's got to come out your mind is, is this the right thing for the client? Yeah. That's character. Yeah. Or is it the right thing for me? Yeah. And that's selfish. Yeah. And, and but that, you, you don't have nothing to eat. I know. But I'd regret long-term making that sale because I'd probably make it haphazardly, not in the best interest of the client. And then six months later, I said, man, why'd you sell me that policy? Why'd you sell me that, that, this, this particular mutual fund or investment? It wasn't the right thing for me. Oh, that was a house payment to you. That was a car payment to you. That's, wow. So I, instead of thinking relationship, relationally, I was thinking transactionally. Yeah. Short-term things, transactional. Long-term things, relationship. So you you had this um, this mindset shift, mm-hmm. right? Like it's it's not about me despite my upbringing, despite my current situation, despite where my future may be. Mm-hmm. I got to do right by this prospect, by, by, the, by the client. 
That's, right. That's character. Yeah, because the best type of business is grow by word of mouth, not by ads, not by social media marketing, not by, you know, knocking on doors, not by mailers in a five zip codes. It's, hey, man, who do you know? Who do you know? And people start talking about you. So he mentioned a, a very, very important concept that all three of us believe in, and I'm going to pivot to that. But before I do that, allow me to say thank you to the folks at uh, at Blown Smoke Cigar Lounge, uh, Edwina, Jacoby, the entire staff there. Congrats again on the anniversary. Visionaries, check out this commercial real quick. Hey, everyone. Edwina Brown here, owner-operator of Blowing Smoke Cigar Lounge. We're located at 1604 North Interstate 35E in Lancaster, Texas. We would love for you to come see us. We stand on the three C's, which are cigars, our community, and our culture. Cigars, we have over 300 SKUs in our humidor and it's still growing. Come check it out, a massive humidor. We also love our culture here, which we're about customer service, as well as community, which is why we're excited to partner with the Vision Lab podcast. So come check us out. Hey, again, a big, big shout out to Edwin and Jacoby over at Blowing Smoke. You know, we got a lot of love for you guys. Again, big ups to you guys. Four years in the game and many, many, many more. Um, as we break into 2023, I hope everybody, if you come into uh, the DFW Metroplex, make sure you stop by there and support their humidor. Also, I want to give a major, major shout out to uh, OG, as we call him, mm. uh, Jeff Davis, that astute gentleman, um, b- cigar and, and, and barbershop. Cigar right now. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, we're here. Yeah. What's your experience? I bought, I bought a brick. Wow. He bought a brick. I bought, about to, you know, it's about support. Every time I come into a cigar lounge, I ask, do you have your own blend? Yeah. Because I want to support the home team. So let me tell you something. And, and Jeff will tell you um, a lot. I don't buy a lot of house blends unless I unless it's coming from a stew gentleman. So like their house blend for me in particular, like I just I, I rock with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I love his house blends. He's got a great humidor. Uh it, it, it's a it's a chance to come in, sit back, have a drink. He will give you whatever drink you want. Um you can get a you can get a haircut. Uh, yeah, my son's getting a haircut out. right now, man. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's in a chair. Oh, your son's over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's, he's That's what's up. Yeah, That's yeah, what's yeah. up. That's what's up. So um, let's get back to it, Mo. Yeah. Um, you mentioned this novel concept, relation, relationship, re- relational versus transactional. Mm-hmm. And we're all three in, you know, in business in different formats and whatnot. Can you explain from your perspective or I mean, can you give your thoughts? There we go. Can you give your thoughts from a, from a perspective? How important is it to be relational versus transactional? You know, it's, it's, it's are you thinking short term or are you thinking long term? It's as simple as that. Because, you know, if you're thinking short term, for example, um, a lot of people got invested deeply. A lot, a lot of their net worth or liquid assets were thrown into crypto and NFTs. Mm. Right? They're looking for that quick money, man. Quick money. You know, there, there's a proverb that says something along the lines of, "Listen, you know, money that made by quick, you know, is 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 here for doom. But a man that works hard for his money, works it slowly." You know, he stands to gain. Warren Buffett was asked, how come more people don't listen to you? I mean, the Oracle of Omaha. Right. In 1956, his net worth was $156,000. Today, it's $60 billion, $80 billion. Why? Because so he's thinking long race. Term. Yeah. It's a hard concept. Because two, two years ago, Warren Buffett was in uh, Charlie Munger. Oh, you're old man. You don't even relate to crypto and Bitcoin. Yeah, but we know fundamentals. We know principles. We know long term. Yeah. So you study those guys. Yeah. It, it, it's it's hard because 
I want to be real on this show, and, and and you know that, Mo, right? Like, so a lot of people will will look up at the Warren Buffetts, the Jay Zs, the Lebrons Bezos, of the world, people like the that. Bezos. Like, man, they got they got bees attached mm-hmm. to their name. You understand what yep. I'm saying? Like, but for for the everyday guy that's from Chicago, uh-huh. from the from the uh, down to earth sister that's from Dallas. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm making sixty thousand dollars. I'm I'm making it work, but but I want to I want to tap into like the fundamental principles that the the billionaires with the B uh-huh. that they're that they've executed on uh, not only relentlessly but repeatedly. Right? Um, it, it is a slow and steady process, and we live in this microwave society where. You know, you put your money in, 30 seconds later, it's, it's double, tripled, quadrupled, uh-huh. or whatever it is, right? But that's not that's not sustainable. So so I think a lot of times people struggle with access to information, and mm-hmm. that's kind of what we talked about a little bit earlier, right? But, like, like you see this through social media. You, th- you see this on Instagram, on YouTube, or Facebook, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, if you do this... Then, then, then you're gonna make 10x your money. Mm-hmm. But it's not always that way. And I think we've been in this this bubble for the last well, people five, five, five to ten years. People see the sexy part, and like you said, right. it's, it's, it's the like work. The, you got to put the work in. Of it. And I th- and I think we're probably all in agreement. There is there, there unfortunately there is a microwave, but, but it's not though. It's not. It's it's not. And, and the sustainable part. Which is what I want you to talk about is it's 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 re- repetitive action, mm-hmm. repetitive execution. Can you talk about? Hey, listen. Yes, you had three kids and y'all split a Jimmy John sandwich and you couldn't even afford the 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 drink that comes along with it, right? It was it was a sub sandwich and and sandwiches. But can you talk about? Hey, listen. It's a process because what I'm hearing from you is. I'm not going to sacrifice my prospect or my client's well-being for a short-term gain. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one mistake I made it, thinking short-term. One time in Chicago, there was a uh, – we're being real on the show, right? Um, I wanted to get on media. And before there was podcasts, there was uh, AM, FM radio, terrestrial, mm-hmm. just regular terrestrial AM, FM uh, station. And um, – this is 08, in the middle, in the middle of the great, uh, the great recession. It was yeah. going down. Yeah. And so this radio show reaches out to me. He says, hey, we, want, we, want, it's, we have a two-hour show, um, WLS 890, from 9 to 11 a.m. on Saturday. We want you to provide the financial commentary. So provide commentary of, from a financial aspect, but also we want you to talk about uh, uh, self, um, uh, basically a self, self, self-driven uh, uh, IRAs. So, so in other words, instead of re- using traditional stocks, bonds, and mutual funds inside a, an IRA, you can use that with real estate. Of course, certain custodians will allow that to happen. So you can roll over your 401k into this thing, and then you can assign whatever investment you want. So I was asking these guys. I said, uh, um, uh, how long have you guys had the show? You know, six months. And I, I was watching these guys, and, and they said, we'll pay 2000 a month to be on the show. Okay. No problem. I want the access. I want the, uh, I want the uh, uh, the exposure. Okay, but I didn't do due diligence on these hosts. Okay, wow. and so um, four, five, six months into the shows, these guys were buying brand new clothes. The tailor was at the office, you know, tailoring up 
clothes all the time. <laughs> they were smoking the fanciest cigars. They were uh, driving the newest cars. I'm like, yo, no, these guys are rolling in real estate, right? Says, because uh, I was thinking, you know, three, four years ago, I should get involved in real estate and do mortgages again outside of just your steady eddy insurance. And I was checking these guys out. And next thing you know, I asked him a question. I said, how many of these deals have you done, man? You guys are doing well. He's like, dude, we're, we're about to close our first one. <laughs> <laughs> how, how are you guys smoking the finest cigars and getting the finest suits and driving the latest uh, AMGs? You haven't closed your first deal yet. Who's paying for all this? You know what was happening? They were scheming their listeners on that radio station. Mm, mm. Make, a, make a long story short, I get a lawsuit. Wow. Yeah, I got a lawsuit. Everybody on that show got a lawsuit. Wow. Because people weren't getting the return on their investment deals. Oh, wow. Well, for Wall Street over here. Yep. Mm. And so so I had to show up in court. And I had an attorney. I showed my bank accounts. I said, I didn't take a dime from these guys. <laughs> I just completely, I'm transparency. Blah, I was blah, just blah, a blah. guest on the show. One I was day, just man. a guest on the damn show. <laughs> right? Spent, I spent 20 grand on that, on that, uh, on that. And by the way, it was like straight up law and order. I was like, on, I was on a stand. And then I was explaining, yeah, well, this client said you, ha you had to put his money inside real estate. Exhibit A. I looked at the form because I was explaining my presentation was called the four homes of money. And I, I explained this is first home of money is the banks. Second home of money is stock market. Third home of money, real estate. Fourth home of money, insurance and annuities. Oh, I like that. Right? I like that. I right? like that. And so I drew it on this, on this you know, yellow pad. And, and my goal every time I do that is for the prospect to ask for that yellow pad to tear it off and give it to him. Yep. And he did, but he used that same document to sue me with exhibit a. So I said, uh, so, so the judge goes, so explain to me this four homes of money. <laughs> right. Oh, wow. So I, blah, 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 blah. Did, by, by you the way, on the witness stand recruiting. I was straight on, I was straight on witness stand, bro. And, uh, I, I got a video of this on my, on my YouTube channel. It's one of the most watched videos of four homes of money. And then, and so I told the client, uh, your honor, I told the client, if you're going to put all your money inside real estate, that's a risky thing. I said, you should put some of your money in real estate and some of your money inside fix and or index annuities. But he decided to put 100% of his money. But that's his deal. That's his money. Yeah, he forced him to yeah. do it. And I got zero commission from See my bank statements? You know, you subpoenaed everything, right? Okay, I get it. All right, uh, attorney, you have any, any more questions? Uh, you know, uh, prosecution rests. Um, before you get off the stand, we need to revisit this four homes of money. <laughs> <laughs> I need to see you in chambers. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. And so anyway, make a long story short, verdict, not guilty. Yeah. Get out of here. Yep. Right? And so that, that's an example of me rushing into a decision, thinking I'm getting exposure, da 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 all the type of things. So now I've learned to live, be a little bit more proactive. A little bit with a fancy word is due diligence, right? There Do you a little go. due diligence. Uh, contingency of contingency of shout out to Dr. Taylor Jacobs. Yeah, and, and that 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 was something that we learned a couple of weeks back, and and I'll impart that on on you. Yeah, I'm going to do this deal. Contingency of you you say who you say you are, right? You are who you say you are. Right. I'm going to do this deal. Contingency of if this doesn't go against my credibility yeah. and my my name, yeah, right? What I stand for and what I stand for. Yeah. I'm gonna do this deal contingency contingency of X yeah. Y and Z. It, that and was way, those, a, that those, was a game game changer for me, bro. Those guys that were the hosts of the show, all of them got slammed. Yeah, they're like no multi million dollars of lawsuit, and they they were barred from ever doing something like that in Illinois ever again. So I want to pivot because this is a growth mindset show, Cuff. Yes, sir. When I say the term growth mindset, what's the first thing that pops in your head? 
Growth mindset, first thing that pops in my head is emptying, emptying a cup. Explain. Emptying your, empty your cup. Explain. Yeah, you can't fill a cup if it's already full. Mm. Right? And, and by the way, the, the more you grow, the bigger your cup is. Okay. So, I, like, for example, Ray Dalio said, Ray Dalio is known as the, uh, the, uh, the apple of hedge funds. You know, he uh, runs uh, Bridgewater. He just recently retired, stepped down. But Ray Dalio said, I go into every meeting thinking that I'm wrong. Even though, and I'm going to prove myself right, but because there might be something there that I can pick up. Correct. So I'm going to, I know my game. I've been there. I got experience, but there's always somebody there with something that I can learn from. Empty my cup, go in there, know what I know. Okay. What does your, when you close off everything, you know, the kids are asleep or you've got quiet time. And I, you know, obviously I'm a fan of yours. So I, I know you don't have that much quote unquote downtime <laughs> anymore, but. When you catch 30, 45 minutes to yourself, like, what does your proverbial lab look like? Because for mm. us, it's, yeah. you know, when the kids are asleep or whatnot, and it's sure. like, okay, you got peace and quiet to open a book, and whether you're reading or writing something down or, like, playing, like, what does your proverbial lab look like? Yeah, so that for me is uh, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. I'm smoking. Right, right with us. Yeah, right, 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 right with, with us. us. Good, good, good. And, and guess what I'm doing? Uh, <laughs> on yeah. my patio. Yeah. And, and I love Texas for this because I could do it in the wintertime. Yeah. Even though it's 40 degrees outside, I'm like, I'm good with this, man, because in, in, in Chicago. Uh, and all good. you need is that. All you need is that You're little. Correct. Yeah. That's it. I'm warm, right? So I'm thinking about what went well throughout my day. Where's my wins? Uh, work, work kind of improved. Um, I'm thinking about social media posts for tomorrow. What's my theme for tomorrow? What's my, what's my day for tomorrow? So I'm planning my tomorrow the night before as I'm unwinding. So, so I want to I want to graduate the conversation. We got this this beautiful book here, Faith Made Millionaire. Mo, you you, you kind of touched on it at the beginning of the show. Um, the first word is faith, and and Mo will tell you I'm 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 all about faith. Mm-hmm. Like my my tat in Japanese is faith. You know what I mean? What does faith mean to you? Faith means that you're believing in something that is not there yet yes sir but it's just right around the corner yes sir and if you stop you'll never you never experience that faith yeah because the opposite of faith is fear Mm. right and so if if you don't believe in that faith then you believe more in the bigger monster which is fear and you'll never get anything anything done with that's good that's good right because every every day like i I shared you know uh uh, because i lived across uh, two horse tracks in uh, in Cicero. It was Sportsman's Park and Hawthorne Park in, in Chicago. In a Cicero uh, neighborhood, former Al Capone territory, um, I was raised around uh, I was raised around Italians, Mexicanos. So there's Italian gangs, Mexican gangs, you know, park boys and all this stuff in, in my neighborhood. I'd, I'd cut class my senior year to go bet horses at the tracks. Right? Mm. My, my study hall was the, the track guide. Different yeah, yeah, <laughs> form of entrepreneurism. <laughs> Bet, betting, gambling. <laughs> and so, uh, That's that short-term game. <laughs> correct, short-term game. And the reason why I got hooked onto it because my first ever bet, I won like 1500 bucks. I'm like, I'm good at this. Coming over there, was just, he just got, got there to hook me mm-hmm. at 17 years old. But anyway, uh, a, 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 a father and son uh, was walking to the track as a trainer. And, and son was asking, hey, dad, who's, who's racing today? He says, son, I got a horse named Fear and another horse today named Faith. Well, dad, who's going to win? Son, the horse that's going to win today is the one I choose to feed. Wow. Right? So wow. I'm feeding my faith, not fear. I'm going to starve my fear. And the best way to instill your faith is fellowship, conversations around the right people that are also feeding their faith. Now, you find out about that on you know your your typical neighborhood you know barbecues and watching the games and 
I remember I, I started maturing in this area of, of feeding my faith when I we got invited to a, a Lakers game and we're invited to the box. The whole entire game, my back was towards the game. Because mm-hmm. I'm paying attention to everybody that's in that box. I'm networking, I'm growing, I'm learning, I'm studying. I had no clues going on with the game. Right. But that's where I realized those guys are living their dream. How come I'm not living mine? Just yes, need sir. to feed my faith. Yeah. So so Faith Made Millionaire, what 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 is what is our what is a visionary as our listeners? What are our listeners gonna learn from this book? It's a lot of my failures that I had on my come up to my first cash flow million. It was a lot of my steps that I took. It was my formula. It's it's embodied around faith, family, uh, finances, fitness, and having fun. You gotta have fun at this thing, man. You gotta you gotta be jacked up. You gotta be excited. You know, sometimes I ask my guys, your five Fs, five Fs. Yeah, five Fs. I ask my guys, what are you fired up about, man? What are you excited? What's like, man, I got this deal, I got this deal. Forget the deals. What are you fired up about? What are you excited about? Uh, man, I, nothing, bro. You're running a dry business. You're on, you're on fumes right now. You got to have something that enlarges your spirit. You got to have something that it just makes you want to, you know, run through the wall. What that, makes you get up in the morning? What man, makes you get up in the morning, that's man? Good. That's yeah. so good. You that's know? so good. And so, for example, my, my, my first apartment, in the Marine Corps, it was a six hundred dollar a month apartment I could barely afford, right? And uh, I was just I was just telling Mo here, uh, I'm a new resident as of Tuesday in Frisco, right? See, see, come on up, cup. another F. Yeah, come on yeah, up, another cup. F. It's another F. Come on up, cup. <laughs> no, I got nothing against Frisco, but when you get to Oklahoma, where you live, bro, uh, whatever. I got nothing against Frisco. I love Frisco. I was in Frisco today. That's hell. That was part of the reason why I was a little bit late to the uh, to the show. Good lord. So, you know, you have this book, right? And anybody we talked to that, that's that's written a book, it's it's a process, and that's definitely the you, you have the long term vision, if yeah. you will. What was the inspiration like? What what made you say I want to put my failures on display for the public? Because at this point, like you have a platform, you occupy a space. And not everyone is always forthcoming with like yeah. the ups and downs they experienced. Like, yeah. what made you want to do that? And then, how did that process work for you? And, and I want to double down on that too. That's a fantastic question. Um, what 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 made you want to put your fears on display? But how? What did you have to overcome to to be able to put your fears on display? Because there's so much riffraff. I'll answer that one first. There's so much riffraff that you hear from people. You know, you, you see the chapter thirty five, but I want to know chapter one. Yeah. What was that like? You know, and sometimes people confuse people's chapter thirty-five. Like they think they're starting out. They think they're starting off with chapter thirty-five. No, bro, you got to start with chapter one. You got to start with an introduction. <laughs> you got to start, start with a forward. Yeah. A mentor, and that's who wrote my forwards. My mentor, Patrick Bed David. He started my mentor, and he said the biggest thing about Matt coaching him in the last seven years. I got more done with a mentor in the last seven years than my first fourteen years as an entrepreneur mm. combined. I mean, my, my first uh, my first fourteen years of just trying to do this by myself, selling insurance, my, me myself and I one man operation. Probably my best year three three fifty a year, cash flow, selling insurance, which was good. But two hundred thousand, two hundred fifty thousand was bent was was bent back towards marketing and lead generation and buying leads and mm-hmm. dinner seminars, paying taxes, staff. I net net one one twenty five one fifty at best. That's it. So I have to make three fifty to bring home one fifty, right? So. I said, I asked myself, am I going to do this for another 10 years? The short answer was no. So what, So I wanted to document my process. I went from self-made to then thinking scale to team-made. 
One more time. Say that again for the visionaries that may have listed in the back. In the back. <laughs> so I wanted to document my process to go from a one-man operation, self-made, to scale, to scaling it, which is now team-made. Because uh, uh, John Wood had said, you know, a uh, uh, greatest uh, basketball coach, right, UCLA, he said, if you want to do it fast, do it yourself. Yes, sir. But if you want to go Farther. far, you build a team. That's right. So I had to go. I had to go build a team. Shout out to James and his proverbs, because James has the African version of that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's our tax man. <laughs> awesome. Um, it's been again. Thank you to Ivan for for helping helping put this together. This is this is great, and you and I obviously speak the same language on a lot of things. Uh, yeah, he hangs out some of the places I do too, Cuff. You got to come up one day. Um, well, you know, Ivan got a job with me. You want to know about this? I think I how? think everybody needs to know this. Ivan was a nineteen year old kid that DM'd me on an IG. He says, I'm a student up here at Columbia College studying uh, film. Okay. And uh, your IG profile seems like you're the type of guy that I need to hang around and let me show you what I can do with my camera. Can I come up to your office and take some stills and send it back to you if you like it? You know, let's go from there. So he comes out to my office. And uh, 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 then he tells me, man, I, I'm no problem, ready to shoot. I said, how'd you get here? Where are you from? It was a little village. In Chicago's world, it's, a, it's all Mexicano territory. And it says, how did you get here? We're in the burbs. He goes, I took two buses, three trains. Come on now. Get out of here. Dedication. Yeah. At 19 years old. By the way, he's originally from Dallas. Really? Yeah, he's originally from Dallas. But he's up in Chicago. Chicago so. transplant. Yeah, you're correct. And so he, he, an hour later, so I Uber him back home. An hour later, he sends me to stills like, like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, this kid's on it. Good for him for being 19 years old and being on it. Uh, I... I Bring him back for a couple of jobs here and there, a couple of stills here, a couple of videos here. I had a current social media guy at the time. And then pandemic hits, right? And I said, why don't you come by and uh, put this, Lam- I, I bought a little Lamborghini toy car for my kid. So I'm, sorry, you- I'm sorry, hold on. <laughs> you, like a toy car, toy not car. a real car. Not a real car. Okay, okay. I wanted to make sure we were clear. Because, <laughs> you know, we talked to millionaires. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I bought this toy. It's a Lamborghini. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? <laughs> And so, uh, and this this month, I think I made like two forty, two fifty. So I did put a premise out there. So I took a picture of the Lambo uh, logo uh, of the toy car in the green painting around it, the, the green paint of the car, mm-hmm. and I posted an IG, and I put the caption, "She's here." Oh wow! She's here. Uh, video at six p.m. Reveal at six p.m. But they don't know it's a toy car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I had Ivan that afternoon put together a video to kind of spoof it all. Yeah. Kind of parody it. Right, right, Shout right. out to Ivan. Yeah. And so so after he created that video, I said, man, yeah, you now have a job. You now have a job. So he's been with me since he was 19. He's 22 today, and and he's back in Dallas. I'm welcome, sure he's happy to be welcome, back in Dallas, welcome too. Welcome home, yeah. Ivan. Yeah, welcome home, welcome Ivan. You're home. doing a good job. And oh, by the way, so, he dropped out of college, avoided all that student loan debt, because his ultimate outcome was to get a job. He got a listen, job. Listen, listen, we, <laughs> we can do a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know my sentiments on that. Yeah. And, and I had a free... I had a, a full ride scholarship to to Vanderbilt, the Harvard of the South, right? Like we can get into that at a, at a different point. Did in you time. ball? Yeah, I did. I did. Huh. Yeah. Is that is but, that Vanderbilt? Or is that Duke? Or is that like still a debate between your two schools? There's no debate. Okay. Right. Well, no that's debate. another conversation. There's no debate. Um, real quickly, how can our visionaries? How can other supporters uh, purchase Faith Made Millionaire? It's all on Amazon. You look at Faith Made Millions on Amazon. It's a bestseller in multicultural. It's a bestseller in Christian stewardship. It's a bestseller in Christian business and uh, personal finance. I love it. Love it. Um, before we, uh, is, it, is it time to land the plane? It is. Okay. 
Before we land the plane, I want to give you the opportunity to drop all of your social media handles and how any visionary can get a hold of you. Yeah, so Seven Figure Squad on YouTube, Seven Figure Squad on IG. My personal brand is Money Smart Guy. So if you want to reach out to me uh, personally, that's where you can DM me and I, I handle that all. Uh, Seven Fear Squad is ID. Like they're they're going to talk to you. They're going to talk to me. Okay. Yeah. Love it. My guys monitor it, but I respond with, with, with my words. We have reached the point of the show we call it Landing the Plane as we yes, wrap sir. it up. It is brought to you by the good folks at Sagamore Spirit. Nice. Shout out to Tim, uh, Kevin Plank, everybody out in Maryland who is part of this partnership. Visionaries, you know, we don't have a product on the show unless we stand behind it. You can look at the bottle until we stand behind it for a reason. <laughs> Facts. Uh, thank you again to everybody at Sagamore Spirits. We appreciate it. There are a few hard truths to whiskey that most brands don't like to admit. First, there's a lot of it. And second, despite its lore and romance, whiskey is often complex and intimidating. Is that high or low proof? Toasted or charred? Aged or finished? Straight or blended? Imported or American? Endless options, endless questions, endless confusion. But there is a whiskey out there that makes selecting it simple. An exceptional spirit made with local ingredients and committed to its communities. That's us. That's Sagamore Spirit. Sagamore Spirit has been and always will be more than just whiskey. Our work, your work, is greater than the sum of its parts. Keep the momentum moving. And one more thing. It's whiskey. Have fun with it. That's awesome. Thank you. Say neat. Okay. So it's going to put a little hair on your chest, but you're a Marine. Get some. You know what I'm saying? Hoorah. Get some. Cheers, gents. Yes. To the guy got to Vision Lab. So, Matt, I want to ask you what is your long term vision for yourself? Well, we have a decent start. We have 3,000 agents right now. We got to ten thousand agents across the country. We got agents coast to coast. By when? Twenty uh, twenty nine. Twenty twenty nine. Yeah. You're gonna have one thousand agents. Ten thousand. Ten thousand. Ten thousand agents. Oh my gosh. Yeah, ten thousand agents, which probably puts us in the category of goat status. It's probably one of the best, and there can be an argument who did it better. It could have been. Art, you talked about Prime America earlier. Could it be Art Williams? Could it be Hubert Humphrey? Could it be these guys? Because these guys are, are, are innovators of the insurance industry. So 10,000 agents, you're kind of like up in there in, a, in that conversation. There's not very many guys that's uh, at, that, at that level of number of agents. And the best part is I'm only 49 years old. It looked so, good for 49. My man, I appreciate that. For real. These guys. I want to give you your flowers. <laughs> no, 100. Yeah. That's part of the uh, Filipino DNA. And uh, <laughs> uh, a shout out to my trainer, Milton, who keeps my my knees and my ankles because I left the military with two torn patella tendons. Oh, and, wow. And, uh, L four L five stenosis. I was in I was in bad shape. Wow! Right. Like oh, now if I show you pictures of me in 2016 17, I was 180 pounds. You, I was like, you're I was not s- that today. Slim and trim, but right? <laughs> <laughs> built you back up. But you, you know, you know, they say black don't crack. So. <laughs> Brown don't frown. <laughs> ah, I love it. I love it. I love it. So as we wrap it up, one of the questions we ask everybody on the show. Okay. As you, there was a round table. And there were five other seats at the table. You get to have any five people at the table. The only stipulation we put on it, you can't have God at your table because who wouldn't want to talk to him? Or Jesus. 
whatever religious deity you believe in, okay. or whichever one, whichever okay. whoever your favorite person at the good book is, you yeah. can't have them at the table. It, it, uh, five. Dead or alive. Okay. So number one, I'll be Jesus. Right? You can't no, have him. Oh, you can't, can't have him. Okay. Have no, no, no deity. Okay. Abraham Lincoln. Okay. Abraham Lincoln would be number one. Martin Luther King, uh, number two. Uh, number th number three um, would be uh, Alexander uh, Alexander the Great, mm. right? Love history. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, number four would be Lapu Lapu, which is a Filipino warrior that uh, murdered. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do it for you, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> he, so uh, we he, take a, we take a, a sip anytime we haven't heard a specific name. Oh, really? Yeah. No kidding. So he was a, he was the Filipino warrior that killed uh, Ferdinand Magellan because he wanted independence from the Spanish. So a lot of people don't know that uh, Filipinos were under Spanish slavery for 450 years. A long wow. time. Yeah. Wow. It was only to, since 1901 where we became uh, uh, free of uh, the Philippine-American uh, war where the Philippines got acquired by America. Right. Wow. So the Spanish took, took over. So we've really had we've really had our own identity since 1901 at best. Sheesh. And the Philippines is weird because there's a thousand islands. And so we're very... We're under one, I guess, you know, one ethnic group, but we're still very disjointed because there's a thousand different languages. I was going to say, how many different dialects and different practices? I mean, a thousand islands. I mean, it literally, like, that's, that's yeah. in theory, a thousand different groups of people. Yeah, yeah. Under one flag. Under, under one flag. That's correct. Right. And my number five would be uh, Milton Friedman. Talk about capitalism. This is my I, I have a, a conversation about capitalism, what capitalism has done for me, free enterprise, Lots, lots of times people have a, a misnomer about capitalism, but uh, listen, I, I've got 12 life insurance policies. I've been in insurance business for 23 years. But life insurance, the policy, the product itself has not changed my life. What has changed my life is a kid like me with 500 bucks in his pocket can build an $82 million company, can affect a lot of lives, can write a book, can uh, retire his parents, both uh, in-laws, my own parents, can move them from Chicago to McKinney, put them up in a senior living center where it's like a cruise ship on land, mm -hmm. you know, um, that uh, that you know, I always say it only takes one one person in a family generation to change that generation forever. Amen. And so uh, Milton Friedman, because of capitalism, his thoughts about capitalism, the way he articulates it. Um, every time I hear his interview with Phil Donahue, uh, these are old videos, but every time I listen to his videos, I'm like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. So uh, those are my five. So I'm going to do things a little different on, on today's episode. I'm going to drop. Excuse me. Five names. So Mo Mo gave you the 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 round table with five people. I'm gonna drop five names at random. I want you to give me the first thought that comes to your head. Okay. Okay. Manny Pacquiao. <laughs> like that. Like that. Badass. Yeah. Oprah Winfrey. You got one. You got one. You mm. got one. You got one. She's a giver. Okay. Donald Trump. Oh. Boss. Feared. Respected. Hated. Jay-Z. Innovator. Uh, Godfather. What, what am I at? Three, four? What am I at? Pacquiao, Trump, Oprah, Jay-Z. One more. All right. Um, JFK. 
move. Don't ask what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country, which today's a Republican message. Yeah. Yeah. Not a Democrat message. So, so I, I, I want to tap into the mindset and, 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 you know, that exercise in itself kind of shows people your, your brave, your, excuse me, your brain wavelength, right? Um, now I want to tap into you as an individual. Okay. Um, in case you didn't know, we do have a magical time machine here in the lab. Great. What advice would Matt be giving himself from five years ago? So you at your age today. Oh, okay. 49? I'm 49. So what do I say? 44? So you're, for, you're 44. Uh-huh. What advice, if you could look back in time, what advice would you tell 44-year-old Matt? So 44-year-old Matt, where was I? No, no, no. What would you today be telling that? No, dude? but he's trying to figure out where he was, where, where so he thought to himself at that point. Um, uh, make sure you take care of your body because your first, because your first wealth is your health. Could I? Because I'd be burning the uh, the midnight oil for too long. I would not eat right. I would not sleep right. Um, I had gout. I don't know if you've ever uh, heard that condition. Really? Oh yeah, it was bad. I've had it before. Oh, you look so healthy though. Well, I don't take gout medicine anymore because I. I turned that around. So, so you yeah. had some some health sense that yeah. you had to do. Okay. Yeah. Um, take care of health um, because uh, I had a lot of brain fog too. A lot, you know, I was I was very hazy with my thoughts. You know, uh, slow with my decisions. So uh, that had a lot to do with uh, putting my health at the, at the back burner. Um, what I'd say is also the plan that you had. Double down on it because you're right. You're on it. You got the formula. Don't doubt yourself, man. You got it. Triple down. Love it. So, so forgive us. We're going to give you a little bit more gray. Okay. We're going to make you five years older. <laughs> okay? So you're 54. Good questions, man. It's, it's, yeah. It's very you, interesting. We, we, we've done this once or twice. Um, you, you're 54. Uh-huh. That version of Matt... He's looking back to you today as we as we turn the calendar in 2023. But he's looking back to you today and he's asking you or he's telling you to do what? What advice is he giving you? Get to know the governor of Texas. Get to know the policymaker. Get to know your senators. Get to know your Republic, the Republicans and the Democrats. Uh, because if you really want change, Matt, the seat that you're, you're, you're in right now with these policymakers is really going to create change. But it takes money to get there. Oh, so, so you're gonna open something up? How do you get in with your 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 state senator? What's that? How do you get in with your state here, senator? So, so here I've I'm working that strategy now. So whatever events they have, I'm gonna make a donation of two thousand bucks. I'm gonna get on many of these guys running for tickets because what I realized, and this is what this is how I found out because I did this with with Trump. You put a donation and you put you put on a short list. If it's if it's it's more than just fifty bucks or hundred bucks, if you put something with a comma on it. You're put on a short list that the finance managers of that campaign reaches out to you to make sure you're invited to everything because if they, fi- they figure you're a donor, you're going to donate to other things. So I want to I want to tap into that, Mo. You good with this? Yeah, yeah you're going to somebody's CRM. Yeah, so so, so now you got a comma on there. Um, you have the opportunity to speak to the governor of Texas, uh-huh. right? Or, 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 or Trump type. What are you saying? Yeah. Um, 
first thing I'm talking about is, is education. Well, why is the education so broken? What, what's going on with patriotism in, in, in Texas that the rest of the country isn't catching? Uh, why do people feel so more free uh, in Texas? I mean, I'm feeling it right now coming from Chicago. I mean, I got COVID. I found out I had COVID in Texas. If I was in Illinois, it'd take me two weeks to find a, uh, what do you call that, the rapid test? Yeah. Mm -hmm. In Texas, I found it right away in five different locations in less than 10 minutes. Yeah. So so I'm asking, how can we get how can we get more uh, resources uh, to, to attract more entrepreneurs, uh, to create more policies that, um, you know, for example, the biggest, the biggest fear that a lot of people have right now is not, you know, when I was in the Marine Corps, it was tanks and bombs and airplanes. A lot of people fear today cyber war. A lot of people uh, today fear, you know, what happened to the grid, the, the power grid? How do, we, how, do we, how do we fix that? Because if we can maintain strength and independence and protect that and people feel safe, because if people continue to feel safe in a state or a city, people want to come here. They want to have the families here. They want to build their businesses here. People can thrive here if they feel safe. Matt, it's been an honor, a pleasure. Um, as a host of the Vision Live podcast, Mo, shout out to you making this happen. Shout out uh, to Ivan. Shout out to Ivan. Like, yo, you 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 really came with some bangers. Um I'm honored to have you on the show. Really am. Um thank you so much. And remember, visionaries, each one of our guests that are dropping into the lab are dropping nuggets of wisdom. Y'all go back, listen to this episode, because I promise you, you're going to hear some nuggets of wisdom. Make sure that you apply them to your life. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ryan Mosley. He's Ryan Cuffey. Thank you again to our guest, Matt Zapala. And uh, happy holidays, everybody. We'll see you guys next week on another great episode of the Vision Lab podcast. Merry Christmas and blessings. Blessings.